Hello, and welcome to the Nature of Nantucket podcast. I am Rich Blundell, the scientist in residence at the Mariah Mitchell Association. As you may know, the Mariah Mitchell Association is committed not only to doing good science, but also, in the words of Mariah Mitchell herself, to infuse science with a bit more imagination, beauty, and poetry. One way we do this is to highlight the work of artists who work with nature to inspire greater appreciation of our local land, sea, and sky. This week, I begin a conversation with the visual artist Dina Hayden, who is creating new art in alliance with the nature of Nantucket. You can see Dina's artwork at haydendina.com. That's one word, H-A-D-E-N-D-E-N-A dot com. I begin by asking Dina to tell me about her origin story as an artist. I am one of those artists that from a really young age, um, I was always making art either outside in the woods, like building like mud sculptures and, you know, picking berries, painting with them and just always outdoors exploring at a really young age. And where um, was that? On Cape Cod, where I grew up. Um, I grew up really close to the ocean, but also had, you know, like a, a big backyard and uh, lots of trees. And, um, and my, I have a large family. So being the youngest, not that I wasn't paid attention to, but kind of just kind of did my own thing. And they let me really explore and be outside as much as I wanted at a young age, which I really think is what really has um, brought me into where I am now as an artist. It's those formative years um, just really created a deep desire to be outside and create with nature really um because i i I could just spend hours outside uh like playing and creating imaginative spaces and um like i said building with natural materials and um yeah i just would get lost like completely in my own world um and my parents were super supportive you know just kind of like brought me in at when it got dark but um and I always drew a lot um to tell stories of what I was learning or you know just simple things that kids do but I was really into communicating with drawing and I was a very quiet kid so I didn't really talk a lot so I think those were like my forms of expression and how I was relating to the world. Mm. Um, and from there, I just really got fascinated with art and painting. Uh, so I became a very serious, uh, realistic painter. What um, does that mean? What does that mean, realistic? I painted uh, as, as much as I could. I would try to paint realism. Uh, so I would paint portraits and landscapes. So I was trying to um, observe from real life what I was seeing and um, put it on paper or canvas. So mm. trying to like translate the world through paint. And 
Um, I did that for many years, I guess, until I was about like 25. And at that point, I kind of hit a wall with it where um, I started to question why I was making art and why my art was really tailored to this realism with painting. And um, there was a part of myself that was missing. And I think it was that part, um, like as a kid, just like the exploration and uh, that connection with nature. And so I started to really try to tap into that. Um, t t tap into what the, the thing that you thought was had been muted or? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I went in, I went to, um, to get my BFA in painting and then I was in my master's program um, for painting. And yeah, I, I could, I just, there was a sense of mutedness or just like this an expression of my connection with nature that felt very connected to my self, but also like my artwork and it wasn't coming through. I'd like to, um, to hear more about that, that process of you sort of remembering something. Mm -hmm. But I also just want to take a minute and just note that what you're describing there, that, that there was this young, you know, a child and then a young person who had developed this relationship with, you know, the world around you. And then you had also learned how you were learning how to express, you know, yourself through your art. Mm -hmm. And then... I don't know, there's just something that strikes me as really like profound and also synonymous with like my own experience of that. Because mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I grew up in very much the same habitat as you, you know, just up, yeah. the, up the road with the yeah. same kind. And I'm also the youngest and having sort of been left to my own devices. <laughs> uh, of course, our, our paths probably um, diverged. Um, at some point there, but, but I guess what I'm trying to get back to is that you had this, um, you had a relationship with nature that, you know, we're, we're, and we're young and we don't really know how to, we don't really know how to, um, how to compartmentalize that relationship. We just live it. We don't, yeah. we don't even really, it's just reality. But then there are these forces in the world as you come into adulthood that for one reason or another, or, or in one way or another, seek to um not seek to but they end up distracting us mm -hmm. from that origin original relationship mm -hmm. definitely is that how you is does, yeah. that, does that sound yeah is ex that right? sounds exactly my experience and i just kept always remembering like you know people ask you what you know what was your favorite age when you were little and I always remembered <laughs> going to school like before I went to kindergarten was like the best time because I and as soon as I went to school I, I you know I started painting in kindergarten but um I really missed that time like I I remember the that time I had like the whole day just outside and mm. making, creating and being like you said, there wasn't an expectation or an un, like a what am I doing? Like a processing. It was just being part of nature, and that there was there was like no, nothing in between, like myself and 
being outside. Mm. How would you describe then that, you know, that period of your time when you were being trained, I guess? Like, mm-hmm. like, like if you had, you studied art formally, right? So you did have, yeah. you went to art school. Yeah. Do you remember, yeah. I don't mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but do you recall or c- did you notice the 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 tension between these two these two kind of worlds the world of the child being fully immersed in a natural mm-hmm. state and what the art world was trying to teach you yeah you know there was always a it was a different part of myself like it was i was tr- being trained like you were saying to execute a painting to a certain caliber so and i i trained myself to paint very like very realistically and Mm. so um and that was at that time maybe not now but what was looked at um in the art world as successful like the more you 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 can create an image a painting to look like real life then you're very talented and are, are you or are successful, etc. But I, what my I, what I realized was, when I was painting, I would get lost in the same way I would out in nature, mm. creating with paint. So it was like that was what I was enjoying the process of mark making and building with materials, and I started to question the the end result and and what what like the why and um and i realized that it was constructed from the art world and my training to have an end result that's a painting that looks like a person or a portrait uh, or a, a specific landscape and i was putting myself in a box and mm. i really hit a wall and it was pretty intense because I was in school with a scholarship to be painting and I didn't want to paint like that anymore. So I kind of in a real intense way just shut, I had a winter break in between my semesters and I didn't have any classes. So I just really closed myself in. I was in the middle of Philadelphia in the city and I just, I just pushed the envelope. I just kind of was like, I'm breaking through this and I'm fake. I have yeah. to figure it out. So I, I just was like, kind of like a mad person, um, <laughs> crazy person. And I just kind of really, and what I ended up doing, I broke apart my painting and it sounds pretty cliche in a way, but I made, I started pulling apart the paintings and the my drawings and creating uh like installations out of the paintings and I, mm. what i found was that i really was a process-based artist and the like being present and creating in process was the connection i had similarly like in nature building um and it was based upon that so i really kind of just totally went a different direction after i 
yeah, went figured that out. But it was a, a totally unknown territory. It was very scary as a skilled painter. Everyone thought I was nuts. So. <laughs> that is so amazing. You have to forgive me because I'm, I come up through the scientists and so I have no idea really what the art world is about. You know, the whole yeah. philosophy, the philosophy of art or the art economies. So to hear your story, though, it sounds so resonant. And <laughs> and I just, you know, I kind of I love the fact that you had to go through this sort of traumatic threshold and yeah. kind of tear something apart, reduce it down. To in, in response to this this training thing, this thing that was going this it, really an indoctrination is what it, it sounds like mm -hmm. to me, which is something mm -hmm. that I am familiar with in the sciences. Like there is a yeah. there is an indoctrination process at the heart of science, which is in, incredibly important for science. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like when you apply that to the art world, you get you know what what you got, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is a breakthrough, really a breakthrough yeah. that and it also. I'm also slowly learning about how the art world has this initiation process. Like you've got to prove yourself, you know, yeah. to, to, and, and, you know, and the one way that is sort of a sure way to do that is to, to, um, to demonstrate that you can capture reality. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's something like I could never, ever, I could, I won't say I could never do it, but I certainly mm -hmm. can't. And mm -hmm. so, um, that sounds like a reasonable threshold, but man, it sounds like it, it does a number on people. I'm sure it, it in, does. In many ways. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen that, you know, I've watched a lot of artists go through that. And when they're there, when you can identify it, it's super exciting. Like you just want to like shake them and be like, this is, like you've made it, like even though it seems like you're losing it and you might never be an artist again and you're, wow. yeah, it, it wa watching an artist go through that and then come out on the other side is so amazing because mm. they just break down and then kind of come into their, their true essence of, you know, like how they connect with creating and, and, have that I think it's very important to have the fundamentals and foundation mm -hmm. but bring those that um, expertise into that like core essence of your who you are as an artist and person and wow yeah so it's like it's really really powerful that really is powerful and I'm just it it makes a lot of sense why you know why we're working together actually like why mm -hmm why we have found each other and have, you know, been patient to let yeah. things, you know, let life sort itself out. But there's something that I can sense in our collaborative relationship that was worth waiting for. And, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and also just that there are so many facets of your story that naturally orient you toward what I call oika which is yeah. ecological intelligence or the intelligence of nature as mm -hmm. expressed through us because we mm -hmm. are part of nature but a lot of times we forget that there's a large there's a part of our culture that has forgotten that we are nature mm -hmm. and uh, it sounds like your story your journey is a journey of not wanting to forget that and yeah and um and being willing to remember it and take it seriously. Mm -hmm. And in fact, design a life 
based on that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't, again, I don't mean to put words in your mouth. I just no, wonder, does that yeah, sound that, reasonable that, to you? Yeah, that, that yeah, that you put that very well, and and it's it, it like this day and age, it feels like you're going against the grain, um, but because there we are so disconnected, mm-hmm. um, and I've made a lot of life choices to be living uh with nature uh and working with nature in my work Mm -hmm. and being um you know in all certain facets Mm. so it's challenging i would say and i'm sure it always has been but um with this day and age just because people are so disconnected Mm. and they kind of hear nature or then they kind of think of it as just oh yeah she's like it's not really a, a serious thing or i don't know it just seems as though it's definitely not in the forefront of of people's lives mm-hmm. and um so and that's kind of with my work i my artwork i try to connect people with that experience of being present in nature Okay, so I wonder if we could like just briefly pick up the story from that. That it sounds like you had like a Pink Floyd the Wall moment, <laughs> or a Pink Floyd the Wall phase. Yeah, um, I had one of those too. Um, <laughs> although mine probably looked what, a lot more. My, what my did probably, yours look like? Well, it looked a lot more like the movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds more fun than my. Well, no, 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 no. Uh, I don't think it's fun. <laughs> when you when you're in the throes of it, you know it's never fun. It's exciting, yeah. but it's not fun. Um, but no, this is about you, Dina, not me. So <laughs> I want to hear more about like after you had this breakthrough, um, like then how where did you take your career from there? How or how did it um, inform your you it, know your life? Yeah. Well, again, I was in graduate school, so I had. Um, Met a few you have a few critics or mentors that you are assigned to and you know two of them were very well-known painters and just completely <laughs> uh, horrified by what i was doing and but and so it was, <laughs> that sounds perfect <laughs> i mean if you're not horrifying somebody what what are you doing you know but I, like this one teacher was like he was like, I don't think I can even, he was just like, I can't, we can't work together anymore. That is so funny because my supervisor said the exact same really? thing. Really? Oh, yeah. That's so yeah, funny. Yeah. My, my, my PhD supervisor said that to me. <laughs> I, I can't help you, Rich. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's exactly what I, it was like. Like, yeah, he, he was like, he was trying, but at one day he was just like pacing and like, yeah, like this isn't going to work. And I was like, oh my God, I like I came to the school to like work for this guy, you know what I mean? So wow. I was like, all right, I have to keep following this path. So I, I found two new advisors and, um, and they were so supportive and really pushed me so hard with this new direction. And I, they literally changed my life. Like I, couldn't thank them more. Like That's I did. beautiful.